Welcome to Above It. Master your craft, balance your life. Introducing Dr. Vicky Procopio. Dr. Vicky is a general dentist, mum, wellness and career coach for women in dentistry. Dr. Vicky, through Above It, supports female health professionals to avoid burnout and not lose themselves in their craft. You're listening to Inspiration Speaks with Dr. Vicky, Influential Women's Series. In this episode, Dr. Vandana Katyal, Certified Specialist, Orthodontist and Owner of Clean, Clear and Correct Smiles and a Breakthrough with Boss. Hi, and today I have the honor of interviewing Dr. Vandana Katyal, who is an Australian certified and registered specialist orthodontist since 2013. She's highly experienced in delivering the best, most efficient and most comfortable and visible orthodontic treatment. Dr. Katyal earned her Bachelor's of Dental Surgery in 2001 and her Master of Science in Medicine, Clinical Epidemiology at the University of Sydney in 2010. In 2013, Dr. Kato completed her Doctor of Clinical Dentistry in Orthodontics from the University of Adelaide and membership in Orthodontics from the Royal Australasian College of Dental Surgeons and Royal College of Surgeons, Edinburgh. In 2019, she completed a Master of Business Administration and the world's most innovative design thinking bootcamp from Stanford University. Dr. Cartel's research interests are in the field of paediatric sleep disordered breathing, snoring and oral appliances. Her research has been published in both Australian, European and American orthodontic journals. She's the recipient of two prestigious Sam Bockley AV Orthodontics Travelling Fellowships in 2013 and 2014, awarded by the Australian Society of Orthodontics Foundation for research and education towards her research interests. Dr. Katyaus shares this honour along with only the most distinguished Australian leaders in the field of orthodontics. Dr. Katal is also an avid lecturer at national and international orthodontics conferences. Recently, her research has been featured on Channel 9 National News, ABC Radio, 4BC Radio, The Daily Telegraph, The Sun Herald, as well as Bite Dental Magazine. She's very passionate about delivering the best treatments and results for her clients using the latest evidence-based techniques. Dr. Katya thoroughly enjoys maintaining her practice clean, clear and correct smiles in Mossman as a fun and comfortable environment for her patients. And I know firsthand how passionate and how interesting and informative Pantana is. Uh, she is an inspiration and I would love for you to find out a little bit more about Dr. Katya as well. So Dr. Katya, please tell us a little about yourself and what you do. Hi, thank you, Dr. Vicky. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here and really proud of you, actually, for what you've started. Excellent idea and empowering women in dentistry is so, um, so not there nowadays. We need so much work in this area, and I'm really proud that someone's getting out there and doing it. So thank you oh, for thank that you. Uh, long introduction. <laughs> I love learning. I really do. Just like you, I remember you. Uh, pregnant with your first baby, still wanting to learn, you know, coming to courses. So yeah, like I, you know, learning is continual, it's evolving, it's forever. So, you know, what's next? Somebody was telling me you should do law. No, it's <laughs> learning fascinates me. So I'm one of those, I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy. I really put my hand up. I was like, I'd love to do this with you, Dr. Vicky. It's so amazing. I really wanted to support you. Oh, thank you. And oh, you've you've helped me well kick off my orthodontic cases really, because I wouldn't have done it without you. So 
Thank you so much for continuing to support me as well. I appreciate it. I remember you were sharing your uh, images with me while you were working in your practice. We were doing this remotely, virtually. I, I remember it was quite a while ago, but yeah, yeah, nice to have you back in Sydney. Thank you. And I don't know where you find the time for everything. It's amazing. and It's, it's some, something that lots of women and particularly women in dentistry can look up to someone in your position with such a thirst for learning and teaching. That's the main thing. You know, I think if you really enjoy learning, teaching will just follow. Um, the reason being, every time I teach someone, I'm learning myself. I continually learn new things. They bring, the students, the participants, they bring up ideas. I, and it just keeps me really alive. I was doing a webinar till 10.30 last night, almost 11. And I was telling people, okay, guys, it's time to go to bed. And I've attracted <laughs> a cohort of people who wouldn't go to bed <laughs> after two and a half hours. Wow. Uh, discussing cases. And I <laughs> that's commitment. I was like, okay, it's eleven o'clock now. Like, I'm very pleased as well that the uh, <laughs> the people that I encounter as well are also keeping this passion going for me. <laughs> people who are joining our courses are very, very uh, motivated, and uh, you know they're pushing me to <laughs> to do better every day. Wow, that you're very humble. One thing I must say, I'd say. I know there's always hard work behind everything. I would, I would tell you the very first time I ever spoke publicly at a conference, um, I was a postgrad student and, for, and I won the best postgrad presentation for that conference. We had nearly about a thousand orthodontists in the room. It's very daunting. You know, it's the first time you're getting up there to speak about your lecture. Really daunting. Remember how much I practiced that lecture I would have spoken that lecture from start to finish with a script written nearly for two days, almost nonstop. I took breaks for like just eating and drinking and, you know, just having a little rest, sleep and just practice, practice, practice to the point that if my PowerPoints died, uh, <laughs> I could still keep flowing and talking. And, oh, and wow. that was my very first lecture. And I remember those two days. And by the time I got to the lecture hall, my voice was gone. <laughs> I had practiced oh, no. so much. But on the day, I was coughing and I didn't have any, <laughs> my, my throat was sore. So, you know, but it just goes to show. And today I can get up there and talk about any topic, any lecture, almost spontaneously, especially in my own field, that I feel like, wow, when people say you do it so naturally, I say, you don't know what I the amount of practice and discipline that I've gone through, the amount of times I've presented the same material over and over again, and then tried to mm -hmm. tweak it, make it better and better and more engaging is, is enormous. So behind any success, I think there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of um, practice. There's a lot of discipline. Always, Always. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you find the time for you? Oh, <laughs> that's a very good question. Um, I, I find it really hard to get personal time. I have to actually make sure I do because when you love your job, it's almost like a work-life blend. It's not a work-life balance. And you're kind of just flowing in and out of work, especially when you're doing virtual work, doing it from mm. home. 
you're doing webinars at night. It, it just brings a certain amount of element where you may have hours of no work and then hours of work and at different times. So I've decided to always have weekends off. <laughs> I only like to take on jobs that I love. I will not do anything that I don't love. So it doesn't feel like work. Um, mm -hmm. And I must say, I, I give kudos to the women who've had kids and still continue on to have practices. Someone like you, you well, know, still thank you. continue on to have your own practice, move around life, um, have your personal family time, raise a child. I have been, uh, you know, I, I'm always in awe of that. So Fortunately or unfortunately, I do not have children. And I think that does give me that bit of time for me. So I do feel somehow I'm at an advantage when it comes to time. Uh, you know, I do have that time to travel, time to really absorb. And that's why when there's women like you who do these things, I go, how does she do it? But I look at you yeah. and ask, how do you do it? You know, do only what you love. I think if you do anything that you love, you only get up for passion and you eliminate, you work at eliminating anything that you don't love slowly and surely. I think you get to a position where you're overall very content with your career, with your life. And then I think work doesn't feel like work. Because mm. I know you're juggling a lot. You've got your practice, you've got boss, and I'm sure you've got many new little ventures and big ventures, which you're working on and your webinars and mentoring it's just amazing how yeah. motivated and how inspirational yeah. you are for others look we fought for the australian accreditation over three years for the uh, um, the boss course and uh, when you attended dr vicky it was so long ago that it was a cpd course to become accredited with uk then now australia it took a lot of, lot of time, a lot of uh, red tapes, a lot of uh, hurdles along the way. And, um, you know, my next thing is to perhaps, I think education's evolving. No longer we can just go to three-year full-time degrees and be mm -hmm. able to get education that way in that traditional model. You know, we can see it with the residents suffering right now in all different dental specialties. They can't even go to hospitals to complete their cases, to complete their learning. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the pandemic affected all of these. So I believe in an education model that is going to become more flexible, more engaging and more um, evolve with the practitioner to give the skills and knowledge that's required in a really bite-sized manner, flexible manner and when they want it. And I think that's the way to learn. So hopefully one day, boss courses having now got Australian accreditation could be a pathway to, to specialization or a subspecialization and this is the next battle we're going to fight for so <laughs> we see where we get to but I see this you know another three five years away thank you that it's about oh. another three five years away but I want to change the way education is delivered I don't believe in that traditional university model anymore um, I think, you know, having done my MBA online taught me mm -hmm. a lot. It taught me how engaging it could be compared to a face-to-face -face model where day in, day out, you just have to be there. You just have to do eight to five. Um, a very different for especially work for mothers, for example. Mm -hmm. We don't have that um, flexibility 
for women with children to go into specialty degrees anymore. And I, and I really think we need to start looking at that. So if we could evolve education model to be more flexible, more part-time, online, I think, you know, we would have more women educating, more women doing even PhDs, specialties. Um, so, you know, that's, this is where I'm heading. That's my next project to really change the face of education if we can. So true. I completely agree with you because when I was pregnant with my third and I had two little kids, I tried to study a third degree in aesthetics, in beauty, and I did one semester and I thought, I can't be waking up at 4.30 every morning. I don't have time for my assignments. I don't have time for lectures. It just does not suit my lifestyle. And then that I needed to attend practicals, which I couldn't do two, four weeks. I had a business. I'm like, this is not working for me. So it definitely has to be flexible. Yes, yes. And this is where, you know, I, I call it education needs to evolve. It has to evolve. And uh, online learning, pandemics changed so many things for us. You know, it, it really has in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people have started to understand the value of um, less travel, how, how innovatively we can still work. You and I today can still have this excellent conversation and meeting much better face to face. But also right now we are able to still deliver a message that you want to deliver to right. a much wider audience than you could have face to face. So, you know, this is where um, I'm very, very excited about if if somehow those traditional university models, especially in dentistry and especially specialty degrees, can flex a little bit to allow our general dental practitioners to gain the skills and knowledge required in different areas um, by a university model. So really well-structured, evidence-based teaching. However, that's flexible and it Mm. suits women and it suits women with children. If I was going back and studying dentistry right now, because it was such a full-on degree, there's no way I'd study as a mum with young kids. No way. Yeah, yeah. And this is where, you know, I read articles about gender um, uh, pay gap. You know, always, always we see, we are very lucky in dentistry. We do not have this problem. Mm-hmm. We have 50% female dentists and 50% male. We're very equal balanced. You know, we're very lucky in dentistry yep. and healthcare where more women are there. But you, you do see that ratio drop in specialization. So 50, 50%. Mm. We have male, females as general dentists in Australia. If you look at all the registered uh, general dentists across Australia, it is very balanced for gender. But when you look at all the specialty or the specialist registrations, you get 25% females in most and 75% males. And you wonder why. And, and I've often heard, you know, I've had these chats with a lot of people. I was invited to a women in dentistry lecture and I was having chats with uh, many other women. I've had some women say, well, women choose to. They choose not to study or they choose to have children and prioritize their families. And I think that is correct. But if they were given an option to have both, mm-hmm. to be able to go into a specialty degree or a degree of their choice um, in a flexible manner and still have that family, I think any woman would take that on. But knowing that these structured models exist that suit the males in general, but not the females, you know, we are actually, we, this is where gender imbalance starts. So um, I just 
think we're very lucky at the general dental level, but again, specialty level, it's not there. We have more males doing specialty than females in many, many fields. So I'd love to see more females come up, more females evolve in education Mm -hmm. or or any other area. I remember you as a general dentist in Hunters Hill. I had my first job as a dental receptionist. That's where I remember you from. And then you popped up with boss and I'm like, wow. Yeah, I I went to do my specialty then and then I came back. (laughs) I came back and I started so education just started from me you know you know I've been there I've worked from ground up to build my practice my practice wasn't existing it was uh, built from scratch mm-hmm. to this day I don't know what you say something from scratch I'll go oh this is a tough way <laughs> I did it but you it's know, challenging absolutely it's it's tough I always say try and find something existing <laughs> um so you know it's like nobody knows you ever existed and suddenly you just come up bang you're there um, oh well you you make your people mark. have to get to know you and so you know I was very passionate from the time I built my website I kept thinking what do I want to do and I remember one thing and that came out of um, a business coach I had a business coach help me once and he said always seek feedback if you do not seek feedback, you will never grow, you will never evolve. And to this day, pretty much anything I do, even if I have a small webinar that I do routinely or, or any patient that I ever treat, if I'm in the chair with them, at the end of the appointment, I'll often say, um, I'd love your feedback. I'd love to know what you love about us or love about me or your treatment. Or tell me something really positive about your whole experience so far. And then I always push them to tell me one area that we could do better, always. Mm -hmm. You know, even if they say, oh, there's nothing really, everything is good, I'll say, but I'm sure there's something we could do better. And that is really what I'm going for. And over time, constantly collecting this feedback in different areas of my life. And it's funny, I even do that with my partner. (laughs) It's a recipe for maybe success, even in your personal life. (laughs) So even with my partner, I say, so what could I do better? (laughs) Anyway, to and grow, is it? area excel at? <laughs> <laughs> and my partner just laughs. Yeah, but it, it really brings me so much value. That that feedback is it, it's immense value because nobody can tell you like this. No survey, no data, mm-hmm. no. Um, because when we do surveys and data, we reduce everything to ticking boxes and yes and no. This is really open-ended, qualitative data. And nothing can give you that. And at the end of the day, we go out to work, we engage with people all day. Um, we need to know how to talk to our audiences. We need to know how to relate to them. Um, and I think that's one thing that somebody taught me, and I, and I really can't even remember this person a long time ago, and I've just stuck by it. It's just so natural to me to constantly ask for feedback. And I think that has helped me become a better person, a better clinician, a better businesswoman, and um, really understand my audience, whether that's my patients, whether that's my students, or my partner. (laughs) So understand my audience. (laughs) I'll definitely be implementing that. Thank you for that. That's a hot tip. That's very, very important. And I, I know you've got a passion with marketing and innovation. So tell us more about what 
you know about that? Because I know you studied your Masters of Business. Yeah, I actually really enjoy marketing. To me, marketing is creative. And Henry Ford, I think, said famously, I don't know what works, but something works. You know, sometimes in marketing, you really don't know what's going to hit the spot. So this is what I love about marketing, because to get a message across in today's world, we have so many different probably only doing it with print or media like TV or radio. Now we not only have those traditional models, we have so many other platforms to reach out or give our message you know, to people. So to me, marketing is just about reaching out to people, giving the right message to the right audience and understanding their need. So giving them what they need and showing them that it's possible for them. So you've got to understand who really are the people who you want to deliver to. And then you've got to do it in fun, creative ways. You know, and, and one thing I've learned is whatever engages me, you know, like breeds like. So whatever engages me, uh, I go, I really like this. This is really funny. Actually, I want to use this in my business or mm-hmm. I want to adapt or modify this. So a lot of times when I do what I like, it attracts similar people because I'm now attracting my audience who's also engaging with this content and they're often like-minded uh, people. So uh, you build a network of connections with marketing, with like-minded people. And, and of course, at the end of the day, marketing brings two really big benefits. One is brand um, power. Mm-hmm. The second is revenue. So, you know, brand power is probably even bigger than revenue. If you think of a soft drink, you always think Coke first. It's about people knowing that you exist. And I think, and, and people knowing that there's a choice out there for them, I think that's what's the most um, fascinating part about it. Um, coming up with constant ideas, um, to be honest, you never really know. You never really know what's going to work. Know what you want to build. Is it brand power? Is it revenue? Is it, what do you want to get out of this? Because people don't forget that brand. Now, when I do go for a soft drink, I wouldn't think of Pepsi, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's rare, but hey, that's what I would think. So this is what you want people to think. If it's for a course, they're going to go to boss. If it's for uh, their smile or their Invisalign treatment, they're going to come to my practice. i building that power. You're achieving it because a lot of dentists know boss and your practice as well. I think we're doing really well. And I often tell people there's a lot of uh, dental gurus out there who are teaching young dentists, you know, what to do with their marketing. And often I hear the message, or oh, you've got to spend at least $1,000 a month on this Google AdWords, or you've got to, you must do this and, you know, spend mm-hmm. money to get more money, spend money. I have the reverse. And this is because of my MBA and uh, the Stanford University boot camps that I did, where they say every successful brand's always built on internal marketing, which costs the least amount of it. You need to be more um, engaging with your customers, actually. You have to a very good relationship to even get into an internal word of mouth type of marketing but if you could make that your primary focus rather than external marketing and pay the dollars and just think it's gonna bring your business a lot of good luck Mm. I think you would fail and you would constantly you're just wasting a lot of money a lot of money unnecessary is going out and you're probably attracting the wrong type of crowd as well the wrong type of audience for you the wrong type of clients for you or patients for you. So 
my message is try to really hone the power of your own customers, your own patients, your own clients. That's what will last. The internal marketing trumps external any day. So one clever example is Amazon. Now I know it's an online selling platform, very different to what we do in dentistry. So as you're browsing their products on Amazon, what you will see is a lot of suggestions. A lot of suggestions coming up of similar things that people have bought who have also bought this product. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing, that is just internal marketing. Or, you know, like Uber sends you a refer a friend, they're going to get a free ride or something like that. I just think they're honing their own customer base. And this is what we have to understand in dentistry that, you know, this external marketing can only read so much. Um, and, and there's a lot of messages out there that spend a lot of dollars. And I, I don't know uh, what you've discovered in this. You've built practices yourself. And uh, if you agree with this as well, you, I'm sure you've done a lot of external marketing at some point. My main thing has been word of mouth. So internal marketing. Absolutely. That is the best way. And you know how I learned I got burnt. I got very Did burnt. You? My very first year of my very first business I'd ever owned, that was my clinical practice about uh, eight, nine years ago when I started in Mossman. I had Smooth FM representative walk in the door <laughs> and I just built this practice uh, a month before I just walked in. Wow. And I remember this Smooth FM convincing me how radio is the way to go for marketing. And I was so convinced, having no knowledge of marketing, having no knowledge mm. of business, having no, I, I went straight from always being an employee to suddenly a business owner. I remember spending close to maybe $150,000, $200,000 on radio wow. in that first year, That's just on radio, smooth FM ads. And, and after a, a year of doing it, I realized I, I was just attracting the wrong type of people. I mean, Think about you, you're doing a Sydney-wide message for a local practice that just didn't make sense, number one. Number two, you're attracting people who are, have to travel an hour or two hours from other ends of Sydney because they heard your mm -hmm. ad. Um, and, you know, obviously, orthodontic is a long treatment, so they're going to mm -hmm. have to now repeat these visits. Um, and so we actually noticed the return was so low. But when we did a very simple campaign, which was about, you know, just reaching out, going to the local markets, having a stall there, mm -hmm. or just, just having a sign outside your door was enough. You know, we actually got, if you look at the return, way more, I'd say 100 times more than that radio advertising. And I was so convinced by the salesperson. And this is where I thought, I'm a failure. I, oh, I'm no. a failure. My, my first two years in business, I felt like a failure. I felt um, I didn't know anything. And, and you know, this, unfortunately, there is some support there, but not enough for a very new business owner in dentistry. I believe mm. there could be more. Um, and people like you could really help new budding practice owners. Um, and really that mentorship doesn't exist um, to, to a degree that can be very helpful. Um, there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of, um, you know, analyzing, but I just wish there's more mentorship available with our associations to help young orthodontists, young dentists, young specialists start their practices. So having burnt out so much, I learned lessons along the way. 
And one of the reasons I did my MBA, because I did feel like a failure when it came to business. And I didn't think I knew enough. And I hired business coaches. You know, I would talk to my patients, tell me, what am I doing good? What am I doing wrong? Mm. All of these things led to me going to do MBA and finally to Stanford. And I, um, you know, what I learned is when you do want to market something, you want to bring a lot of people's ideas together and you do, that's innovation. Innovation is mm. really variety of ideas evolving in a, in, a, in a way. So it taught me the value of relationships, of connections, keeping them alive. Um, and, you know, it taught me like little, little secrets of success. And, uh, and if it boils down to that, it's relationship building. You know, even the quieter yeah. ones have to just get out there and build relationships. And I think we don't get taught that in dentistry. We are just taught to do a degree, work really hard, and that leaves no time for mingling, no time for talking. You're lucky if you have a mentor, mentor. along the way. I know I didn't have mentorship, so that's why I want to be there for other women. I've had 10 years in business. Um, I had looked into doing an MBA, but again, kids, no, no time right now, so that forum can change and I can do it one day. That'll be great. Yeah, you're learning constantly. So it's an ever-evolving endpoint, isn't it? Yes. You know, like I I must say, you haven't lost much. Life experience is really valuable. Um, MBAs are geared for more large companies, unfortunately. They're not geared for small to medium businesses like ours. And that was one of my feedback to my MBA um, supervisor where I said, you know, you need to focus MBAs more on innovation, leadership, small businesses, because majority of businesses are small businesses and they're very, very hard. They have their own challenges. Um, so it does, it did add value. Um, mm-hmm. It taught me a lot about the digital evolution and it taught me a lot about where I had to be and what kind of platforms I had to use and a lot about actual, the research behind marketing or the research behind leadership or the research behind how to have engagement from your employees or your team members. So it kind of formalizes a little bit of what you just learned. But I think nothing that I turned around and went, wow, I wish I knew that before. The only thing is the internal marketing. I wish Mm. from day one, I hadn't uh, just gotten bamboozled by what's out there and just stuck to the basics of going slow, building relationships, you know, having more word of mouth, uh, rather than go all out on radio. I wish I'd spoke with you. My (laughs) husband was in radio for 10 years, left it. But yeah, when you're in sales, which he wasn't, he was a content director. When you're in sales, you've got the gift of talking, right? And we trust that individual. Yes. Yeah, I'm sad to hear you spent so much. It was a very hard (laughs) lesson, I can imagine. That's hard-earned money. <laughs> Actually, when people say, oh, are you from CCC Smiles? Because I hear your ads all the time. And I said, oh, really? <laughs> Does someone listen to radio anymore? <laughs> it was only a year later that I realized that, you know, it was so high frequency on the radio. I had bartenders saying, oh, is that you? Oh, I hear your ads all the time. <laughs> How um, good's that? Obviously, we went hardcore. <laughs> you know, well, something was. Now, had I had... <laughs> it's, it's just one of those lessons. It was fun I learned a lot you know connected with a lot of young people who are creating the content the scripts this it was fun it was fun would I suggest it no and I think it burnt me out big time (laughs) and um probably the only thing I wouldn't do again (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> didn't make sense. <laughs> and I mean, for example, my other company, uh, which is Boss, which is the, the now evolved into Digital Orthodontic College, um, it, completely different. Imagine being on Smooth FM and talking, you know, it's, it's just not the right platform. That's so I right. think this is where marketing taught me, you know, you you go to the right platforms for the right people. And, and we've done wonderfully well with uh, constantly word of mouth. So about five years ago, we would have people just finding us on social media, YouTube, website. We now have 75 to 80% of our current participants, you know, referring their own colleagues and friends. And that's mm-hmm. how we're just growing and growing and growing. And it's such a fantastic way to grow. It's, it's people, like-minded people constantly coming in. And that like-mindedness keeps getting exponentially bigger. And, and those are the type of people I want to work with. That's, that's why, right. you know, work is fun. Yeah. Oh, that's such a <laughs> <Yeah>. good thing. <laughs> I hope to find my balance soon because yeah. I'm setting up my practice now. And I'm, it, that'll be ready in about three or four weeks. And with above it as well. So I've got to find my groove. You're listening to Inspiration Speaks with Dr. Vicky Prokopiou, presented by Above It. Master your craft, balance your life, get above it. How do you keep motivated with all your busyness to teach and learn? Um, How are you motivated to continue to do that? That's such an excellent question and it makes me really think. (laughs) You know, what motivates me? And I think I go back to, um, I'm a person who wakes up with excitement. There's, there's a morning person and a night person. Sometimes I think it's personality. I wake up with excitement. I believe every day is going to bring something new. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm really uh, surprised. Sometimes I'm disappointed. But always, every moment is a new day. Every day I wake up is a new day. And I see it like that. I could clean slate again. Um, and I don't see it as anything as a, a, a negative or, or an obstruction in my life. I see it as something I can overcome, you know, mm-hmm. that anything you can do. And I just believe that, okay, just be determined. Uh, possibly, you know, it's a personality trait as well. I'm very determined to succeed. So I think it just, it's just hard to answer that. It's, it's, in, it's internal motivation probably comes from, me just, I don't know, just always passionate, just wanting to learn. Yeah, it sounds like it's deep within you and that's who you are. It's the essence of you. And, um, yeah, I'm similar as yeah. well. I always oh, want yeah. to do better and better and better. So I'm taking everything you're saying, thinking, hmm, I'm going to apply this, this, this. Oh, no. What, tell me what motivates you every day. What, what makes you get up and do things? Well, at the moment, it's my children. I want to give them opportunity and to show them that you can achieve anything i want to be a role model for them so um before yeah yeah before kids it was yeah just me i wanted to be happy it's what made me happy to keep learning keep going on yeah to be honest that is the best drive that is the best drive and you know perhaps somewhere along the way down the way i i also think it's something like that you want to leave you want to leave the world a better place than when you came in it so maybe mm-hmm. that is also another reason many people get motivated you want to make sure your kids have a better life a better world to live in and 
And, you know, and if I could also do it, even though I don't have kids, if I could do it for other people's kids, that's also good. <laughs> so perhaps it's such a good reason. That is a great, you know, that is true motivation. And it changes with life and things that happen in life. Your motivation changes. It shifts. And one last thing. You've been very inspirational. I've learned so much already from you. Um, I'll call you Vandana because that's how Thanks. I chat with you. I'm sorry. We started with the Dr. Vicky, Dr. Vandana. Um, <laughs> I know you're on a personal level, Vandana. Um, yeah, I do. I do see you on the online platforms all the time. Um, and I do admire what you do. And I think, oh, wow, if only I can get to where you're, where you're at. Um, how is she doing it? Uh, is there one thing, if there's one thing that you can tell our subscribers or viewers, what is it you would tell them that you wish you knew when you were younger? Um, nothing is a failure. Don't be upset by failures. No, it's, it's not a failure. It's everything is an opportunity to learn and to get better and to know your weaknesses and strength, it's all an opportunity. So see every step that you take as an opportunity. Oh, thank so you. that's, th that's well. one thing that I wish I knew because I've, because I've been very, very upset with myself when things haven't gone well. You know, we have, a lot of us have this perfectionism in us. We take things personally uh, or we think we've failed. Or like, I, you know, even I use that word a few times. Am I I felt like a failure in my business and I felt <laughs> yes. that. But I just wish if I was younger and this was something instilled in me or I just knew instinctively, do not take failures too hard. Don't take things personally. Learn from them. They're all opportunities. Grow. Just be, you know, be kind. Do good things. Have good karma come your way. Attract good karma. You know, I really think that I, yeah, it's all an opportunity. I just wish uh, being younger. And, and I think there's a flaw in our society. Um, even though our parents can, you know, really help us be kind and our parents teach us the value of respect, integrity, there's, there are people out there, we go through school, we go through university, we end up going into this world of um, a consumer-driven consumer economy. We end up being part of this rat race and we forget those simple values, mm -hmm. that simple things that our family teaches. We get lost along the way. So I wish, you know, if, if, if somehow back then when I was nine or 10 years of age, um, if I had known, hey, life will get difficult, maybe I would be wiser today. <laughs> maybe Likewise. I would have gone through less heartache, less yep. tears. <laughs> the, the things yeah. we worried about when we were younger, like I remember I sat from HSC and I got an excellent mark and I was crying because I didn't do perfectly. But in hindsight, oh. like how silly was I? Like you just are in yeah. a totally different world and you're so immature. Um, but life experience shows you. And that's yes. why I tell everyone yeah. now, yeah. you're sitting for your HSE, you'll be fine. It's nothing at the end of the day. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think we need more of that attitude, actually. <laughs> we need more of that. You know, have a good go, have fun, enjoy what you do and be a good person That's be positive true. yeah help <laughs> others as you said help others
Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. You are an absolute inspiration, yes. Bandana. You've been listening to Inspiration Speaks with Dr. Vicky Procopiu, presented by Above It. One-on-one coaching both online and in person. Make changes that nurture your needs at home and in your work life with short courses developed with love and designed to make your work and personal life easier, calmer and more sustainable. And workshops and retreats to rejuvenate and find yourself. Music